This is the Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, and I'm joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. Dave, we're back for another episode. We're starting to get a little hot here. Just a quick recap for everybody. Went three and one, now officially uh, up just over one unit on the season here. And it's it's extremely early. We're in week two, basically, of Major League Baseball season. Well, yeah, if you could make a, a half a unit a week for six months, what would that be? 24 months, it would be up 12 units. I mean, there's nothing to, nothing to shake a stick at. So let's see if we can keep it going this week as, yeah, we've uh, been hot the last two podcasts. Let's keep it rolling, Dave. I know you want to discuss a little bit of the NBA and the NFL draft, but I figure we would save that for the end, kind of like our our last podcast. But as always, uh, we are sitting here recording this on April 14th, and it is a Thursday, but these games will be good for April uh, 15th. Oh, shoot. I'm going to go back and redo that. And as always, just to to kind of let you know, we are recording here on April 13th. It is a Thursday. These games will be good for April 14th, which is Friday in the MLB slate. So if we uh we just go about these in chronological order, Dave, first game I want to look at, it's actually a 540 central time first pitch, and it's between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Miami Marlins. Now, Madison Bumgarner on the hill for the Diamondbacks, and coming back would be Trevor Rogers on the mound for Miami. What are you thinking on this one, Dave? Yeah, I mean, this was interesting when uh, I looked at the matchup. I mean, both starters have two starts, and they both pitched against the same team twice. So I guess one would have expected the Dodgers to hit Bumgarner with the fact that he's washed and they've done it for years. But I could say the same thing about Trevor Rogers too. I mean, you know, it was the Mets who beat him twice, another division team. You know, the Marlins pen isn't elite here, but the, I think the Diamond uh, Diamondbacks pen sucks really, really bad. So betting on Arizona to do two things they haven't done yet, that would be having a bullpen and having a pitcher both pitch well in the same game. Uh, I can't do it. So I'm going to default to the home team here. I think – um, you know, I think a lot of people are going to see these stats and want to take the over, uh, and I might. But Marlins Park is very definitely a pitcher's park. I mean, there's not enough data and splits to look at the, you know, left-handed pitcher angle, in my opinion. So I'm going to go fishing with the Miami Marlins. And I do like the over, but I'm going to wait to see if the roof is open in Miami. I mean, it might well be, and that could talk me into an over. Well, Dave, I'm one of those guys that dug into the statistics and uh... – might be one of my favorite bets for this slate for the games that I've looked at so far. I instantly jumped on the over eight and a half here between the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. And it was kind of because of what you said. You look at the starting pitching, Madison Bumgarner is washed. I mean, the guy has been washed for like five years, but I feel like a lot of the general public hear his name and they remember those great runs with San Francisco, which now when you look back on it was like a decade ago. And I wouldn't say Trevor Rogers is is washed. He was a young prospect that had a, a promising season in 2021. Now, since then, he's really struggled. But if you dig into the numbers, even back in his really good days, Bumgarner was way better at home than he has been on the road. And 
Trevor Rogers hasn't been good at home, even when he had his, his decent 2021 season. And I know you said it's, you know, very small sample size, but both of these teams are in the top 10 when it comes to average and OPS against left-handed hitting. And I went back and looked, uh, like you said, the bullpens, not good. So I, I don't expect Arizona to be able to do much if Miami can hit the baseball and Miami's bullpen it's okay, but it's closer to uh, bottom half than it is top half. And I think one thing that hasn't been mentioned much this year, Miami's got a much different and I would say better roster when it comes to the hitting side of things. They have probably the best hitter in baseball in Luis Arise. In my opinion, they added Gene Segura. Like they added some pieces for that offense to be better. I just think both of these pitchers are, are lacking here. I'll take the over eight and a half runs between the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you. I mean, you're just, you know, I run the risk of if everybody else sees that and takes the over of losing eight and a half, which is something I don't want to do because if you're betting over eight and a half, what you really only need is both teams to get the four. And then it's going to be a win at some point in time. And that's kind of how I look at the total of eight and a half. But I'm with you. I think, Dave, it's it's good to point out to people that if you find a game like this where all the numbers are like, this should be over, that might be one where you want to bet it now or you want to bet it as soon as you can because, like you said, this game's going to tip to nine, I would imagine. Yeah, I would think so, too. I mean, I could be wrong. I guess it's based on perception of the Marlins and perception of Bumgarner, but that would be all public money. I, I tend to doubt it. I, I think the Marlins will become bigger favorites, and it wouldn't surprise me if it did go to nine. See, when I looked at the game from a side point of view, just in my head going through the numbers, I probably would have favored the Marlins slightly. Just because when you take the name Madison Bumgarner out of it, but you look at just what they've done, I would say I would just slightly side with the home team, kind of like what you said. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's um, it's a matter of what I don't want to do, uh, and that's bad on Arizona with Bumgarner uh, and a bad bullpen. You know, that would be, again, asking two things to happen that uh, don't have or haven't recently happened. So that's not a bet I'm willing to make. I mean, that's that's a that's a surefire way to go broke. So, you know, oftentimes that's how I go through games. It may not be who I want, but it's who I don't want. Uh, And in this case, I don't want I don't want Arizona. All right. So I'm going to bookmark this first one as a pick that I might circle for the end of the podcast as one of mine with the over looking at our second game here gonna go to the Cleveland Guardians taking on the Washington Nationals now this is a first pitch where we have 605 we have Cal Quantrill on the mound for the Guardians and we have Trevor Williams on the mound for the Washington Nationals now Dave when I first looked at this game You know, I wasn't exactly sure what the numbers would look like, but I ended up getting to the under eight and a half when it came to the game. But I could also be tempted into taking the under in the first five innings. And the reason why I got there is Cal Quantrill has been pretty decent. Uh, Nothing special, but he's not a guy that gets rocked too often. And then I I got in the weeds with Trevor Williams. and, And Trevor Williams is a guy that historically really, really good home splits and both of these guys really haven't seen the opposing team and both bullpens are pretty good. And today, as we're recording as a Thursday, 
neither team plays, so those bullpens should be rested. And I would uh, I would lean towards the under eight and a half runs here between Cleveland and Washington. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of this game or actually all these games because when I picked them out, it was um, I didn't have odds last night, and I wanted to to just pick games I thought were going to be difficult, and they all are. Um, you know, yeah, you mentioned it. The the uh, the Guardians will be rested with a day off, which if that were not the case, I would probably bet Washington blind with Cleveland coming off three games with the Yankees. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Uh, and when I was looking at Quantrill, I saw he's pitched two games, both against the Mariners, and he split them, which is something I harp on all the time, that the rematches bring adjustments. Remember that. Um, I digress. You know, the, the, the Tribe Pen has some really great stats, but they've blown three saves already. So that's that's a... You know, I wasn't quite sure what to what to what to make of this. Um, and and on the other side, you know, my my fear with Williams is that he's not going to eat up innings. Um, you know, he's not going to go deep at all. And you know, I'm not sure I can go into a bet knowing that. But here, you know, the next pen has actually been remarkably re- reliable. So uh, without further ado, I'm taking a flyer on the Nats here because you know when I looked at the teams they played so far, uh, they could be winless. So I'm going to factor that in as well. And take the home team. Okay, so Dave, just to just for some of the folks out there, now I leaning towards the under. You like the Nats here. Is there any correlation out there where you know what? If you're getting plus money on a team that's at home, and you might think that it could go under, that's even better for your underdog. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I you know, Quantrill's a guy that I don't often get right. Uh, Williams is a guy I usually get right, so yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. I don't, uh, you know, the the whole day off thing made all the difference in the world to me, and and so did the Nats. So yeah, I had to go. I had to go with the Nationals. And I think one other thing that's not mentioned here is we knew the Nats' offense wasn't going to be good coming into the season, and Cleveland looked like they had room to get better, but they haven't. They haven't played very good so far from a hitting perspective. They haven't been scoring a ton of runs. So Yeah, well, that goes back to batting on teams to do something that they haven't done recently. And so that's another reason for me not to take the Indians. So that just solidified my case on the Nationals. And the more you talk, the more I might make it a game of the year. <laughs> so Dave likes the uh, Nationals on the money line, and I was leaning on the under eight and a half runs between Cleveland and Washington. Looking at our third game here, it is the Tampa Bay Rays, who, as we record this, are currently playing the Red Sox and are 12 and 0 to start the season. They will be taking on the Toronto Blue Jays on the mound for the Rays. We have Drew Rasmussen on the mound for the Blue Jays. We have Jose Barrios. Uh, Dave, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I mean, this has got a lot going on here. I mean, you mentioned it, you know, Tampa Bay's playing today, but uh, they got to fly up to Toronto. I mean, fortunately for them, it's an early game, but they do have to play today and then fly, and that's that's not ideal. And, you know, the Jays are at home. I mean, you know, I half expect Toronto to rest guys today uh, and have their fresh for a division game tomorrow uh, with the Rays. I mean, Rasmussen's tough to bet against. All he's done is throw 13 innings, three hits, and struck out 15 guys. Uh, but with that said, Toronto's seen a fair bit of them, and they have hit them pretty well, albeit not a huge sample size, but it's enough to just not automatically take Rasmussen. 
I mean, both pens have been really good, uh, but Barrios has two subpar starts, and I can't bet on the fact that he might have a good game Friday. I mean, there we go. That's the do theory. I mean, the Rays are undefeated, obviously, as of this podcast, so betting against them is going to be hard. Uh, I think the weak link here is Barrios. So, you know, I'll throw out the bullpens, and I will take uh, Rasmussen and the Rays for the first five innings, you know. Hopefully he gets the order quick enough to not have the meat of the, meat of the lineup see him a third time. But I, I think Ray's first five is a great bet. Dave, I think we're kind of thinking along the same same mindset here. I instantly looked at this game, and, and being a Milwaukee Brewers fan, knew a little bit about Drew Rasmussen uh, before he was a Ray. Obviously, he went to Tampa in that Willie Adamas trade, and he was a guy that I was high on as a young guy coming up in AAA and then starting a little bit and coming out of the bullpen for the Brewers. Unfortunately, they traded him, but he, it worked out for both clubs. But, yeah, Rasmussen has thrown the ball really, really well. And then on top of that, Jose Barrios is a very interesting guy because when you, when you dig into his splits, he is really, really good at home and not so good on the road. But he's also a guy that is very feast or famine. He can look like a – he has Cy Young – award winner stuff but he's so inconsistent one game he'll look like a Cy Young winner the next game it looks like he might you know be closer to triple a and you know you, you go through both of these teams have solid pens I would say Toronto's is better but you're probably at this point both good pens splitting hairs who cares both teams can swing the bat so far this season I probably favor Toronto on that long term but it kind of came down to if Barrios is shaky and I see that I'm getting plus money on the Rays for the entire game, I actually was going to take the Rays money line plus 105 for the entire game. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad bet to get Rasmussen plus money ever. Um, you know, I just, I couldn't trust um, Barrios. That was, you know, I kind of look at, okay, both pens, both, both starters, you know, flow through everything and and give them a rating. Okay, well they were, you know, they were all very similar except for um, the the upside of Rasmussen against the downside of Barrios. So I mean, it was actually pretty easy for me to do that. And it, it's easier to say, you know, this line uh, doesn't make quite as much sense as it would have if, like you said, Tampa was playing on Thursday, has to fly up to Toronto, and Toronto had the day off, but Toronto also has to play on Thursday. So that right. kind of that kind of neutralized the bullpens for me. So you you really like Tampa Bay in the first five. I like Tampa Bay for the full game. I guess we'll say it's a listener's discretion on what they would like for that game. Fair enough. I mean, is there a scenario where we can both lose? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course there is. But I, I'm I'm in agreement with you, buddy. All right, game number four. Now this game, I'll be honest. I didn't have the biggest opinion on. So that would be a 7:15 central time first pitch between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals. Now the Pirates have Johan Aviedo on the mound and the Cardinals are going with Jake Woodford. Uh, like I said, I didn't have a huge opinion on this game. Neither guy has been at the big leagues for the longest time. Uh, neither, neither guy has been, I guess, super successful. It's been very hit or miss. For both of them, I ended up just kind of coming with the uh, realization that I probably would just lean towards the over in this game, over eight and a half, but no strong opinions. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you there, actually. You know, the Pirates are a pesky team right now. I mean, they're, excuse me, two games over 500. So, you know, I wouldn't auto bet the Cardinals at home, but uh, Oviedo, two and seven in his career on the road with an ERA over five. And I believe at home it was closer to three. So that's a, that's a ding right there. I, I don't know what to make of the Pirates bullpen. They started off really well, but they've been a little bit regressing lately. So I'm going to sort of take uh, putting the Pirates on hold for a second. And I do know with all that aforementioned information, people are going to line up to fade him, but they're putting money on Jake Woodford, whose first two starts didn't go as planned. That may be an understatement. You know, I don't care what he might have done previous seasons, because for me, betting baseball is about right, right now, uh, and right now he's struggling. Uh, one could argue that the Pittsburgh lineup will write that ship for him, but I don't think it will. Uh, what I do like here is the over for at least the first five innings, and once I clarify the weather, the umpire, and you know, see what happens tonight here Thursday. Um, I will, I will be on that over maybe for the full game as well. Yeah, and to your point on Wood Woodford, he's been super inconsistent in his career. And for a team like Pittsburgh, where it's inner division, where they have seen him before, and some of those young guys that Pittsburgh has that might have a little bit of upside have hit him a little bit. I'm with you. I think the over looks like the play. We might we might have to circle that one right now for the end of the podcast as well. I'm not I'm not going there yet. I want to hear what you have to say about your Brewers. All right. On to our fifth MLB game here. Gonna look at the Milwaukee Brewers and the San Diego Padres. Now, first pitch for the Padres and the Brewers. This is a another late one. 840 Central Time. Brewers are going with, it appears to be Eric Lauer as the Milwaukee Brewers have pushed back their pitching staff and looks like it's going to be a bullpen game tonight for the Brewers on this Thursday. Padres are going to counter with Michael Waka. Uh, I looked at this game and I had a few things run through my head, Dave. First, it scares me that the Brewers potentially could be having a bullpen game uh, today as we record on Thursday going into a Friday game where they didn't get a day off. And the reason why it scares me is because when you look at the numbers, like you said, and you look at the bullpen right now, the the Brewers' bullpen has been really good. It's been arguably a top-five bullpen so far to start the year. But as a Brewer fan, knowing that the bullpen was a huge question mark, you're excited about it. But now with all the starting pitching injuries for the Brewers, it's starting to stack up like firewood here. They have Brandon Woodruff on the IL, Adrian Hauser, Aaron Ashby, Jason Alexander, and now they're probably going to ask Bryce Wilson, who was really good in that bullpen for them, to become like that spot starter. And I just wonder if that's going to mess with their bullpen moving forward so it might be weaker on Friday. And then I look at Eric Lauer. He's a guy historically who has great splits at home while they're in San Diego. Now he has um, – Pitched in San Diego before, he was actually a part of the Trent Grisham and the Zach Davies trade that sent him and Luis Arias to Milwaukee. So there is a little familiarity there, but some of the Padres have hit him pretty well, and it was Michael Waka for me. I remember, you know, Michael Waka being a longtime Cardinal, but the last time he has consistently seen Milwaukee was 2017. Not a lot of those same guys on this Milwaukee Brewer there. This was even before the Christian Yelich days. And Michael Walker has pitched the last few years quite good at home. I actually looked at this and was going to take the San Diego Padres on the money line. Yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you. I mean, it would be easy to fade the bullpen game, basically. and It would probably be easy to fade Lauer, but 
you know, I, I it's tough. I mean, Walker, he was hammered at Coors Field. Then, of course, he two hits the Braves through six innings. You know, I, I would be inclined to take Milwaukee uh, tonight, but um, we're not talking about Thursday. We're talking about Friday. You know, I think if I'm betting the Brewers, it's for the full game with the bullpen advantage. I mean, the Padres bullpen has a whip of about one and a half, which is, I just can't bet on that for a full game. So if I'm taking the uh, Padres, I'm taking them first five innings. Um, but, you know, I know it was a long time ago that they that they saw Walker, but, you know, everybody's seen Walker now. So, you know, I actually think the Brewers will score off Walker. So I would actually be inclined to take the over in this game. I know that's probably contrarian, uh, but we also know the weather's not going to be a factor in San Diego. Um, I I can't really call a side there. I mean, you know, Walk is one of those guys that, you know, I probably would have bet on him when the Rockies beat the shit out of him in uh, Coors Field, and I probably would have bet against him when he pitched in Atlanta and shut the Braves out for six innings. So that he's been an expensive guy for me ever since that World Series debut way back when. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I, I would defer to you on a Brewers game, uh, but I'm inclined to take the over. See, I actually agreed with you when you said that, you know, if you were looking at betting the Brewers tonight on Thursday, I would be more inclined just because, you know, Bryce Wilson was a prospect that could start. He is a guy that was in that bullpen. I just feel like a bullpen game tonight where it might be advantageous for the Brewers to win tonight does not set them up for Friday, which is the game we're talking about. And if I, like I said, I would go with the Padres on the money line, but I totally, I think that even backs up your over here. Cause if the Brewers bullpen isn't as good, most likely set up for that game as the numbers say, and the Padres bullpen could potentially be vulnerable and walk has been seen by everybody. I could totally understand you're over there. Yeah, well, you know, I think you're right about Thursday night because, you know, Milwaukee went over to San Diego from Phoenix. So, you know, that's a Uber ride for some people. And the Padres flew from uh, New York. They played the Mets yesterday. So uh, that's hard for me to get to uh, the Padres. And obviously, I think this is one tomorrow that I would I would definitely wait for lineups. I mean, I think uh, both tonight and tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to wait for lineups, but, you know, I can't take the Padres to uh, Thursday because of that travel. That's horrible. Uh, and I can't take them Friday because I don't love their bullpen. So if I'm taking the Padres, my friend, I'm taking them first five. All right. Let's let's sit on some of our baseball picks and we will uh, give out our official plays for the Major League Baseball slate on Friday, April 14th. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about the NBA playoffs as all the play-in games are now uh, what they have. The last play-in games are Friday, so tomorrow from this recording. I don't know if you wanted to talk about series prices for some of the uh, series coming up, or if you wanted to talk about those uh, two final Friday play-in games. Well, the uh, the uh, Cleveland and the Knicks. I I do I like the Knicks there uh, quite a bit tomorrow night with I think five and a half or six points. Uh, the Knicks beat Cleveland three out of four times this year, and I think they're probably going to get Julius Randle back uh, sooner rather than later. So um, I definitely um, would take Cleveland. I, I put a bet on them to win the series, too. I mean, they actually, you know, Cleveland is – I think it's Cleveland is, like, seriously overvalued. Um, I, I You know, they were, like, minus 200. I think the, the Knicks were plus 160, which, you know, that kind of – 
that kind of hold by the casino sucks, but um, you know, plus money on on uh, the Knicks definitely. I I like that bet quite a bit. Yeah, that was yeah. Looking right here on DraftKings, Cleveland's favored in that series uh, minus two hundred with a kickback of New York at plus one sixty five. So you're you're potentially looking at the Knicks there. Yeah, I am. I'm not potentially. I did. Now, Dave, I want to ask you a question when it comes to some of these series. So I'm looking at one just for an example here. The Philadelphia 76ers minus 900 to win the series against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, is there anything about like some of these series where it's like you can't see any of these teams losing and you're willing to lay that type of chalk? Because, you know, there's just I mean, that that mathematically says that the Sixers have like a 90, 91 percent chance of winning that series. Would you lay chalk like that? if it were the Bucks or if it were the Celtics or insert some team you're really confident in? Not a chance. And I'll tell you why. I mean, you know, say it's the Bucks and, you know, Giannis twists a knee in the first quarter of game one and he's out for the series. And you could say the same about any of these teams with sort of, you know, one kind of central figure, which most of the teams have anymore. But, you know, say it was Boston and uh, Jason Tatum's out well. There goes a 30-point scorer and one of the best defenders in the league. So, no, I would never do that because that has totally happened to me, especially in the NBA, where we're, we're all about load management, and that's where I roll my eyes. So, Dave, actually, one one series as I look at these NBA playoff series beginning in the first round that actually kind of piqued my interest just when looking at them, I, I kind of want your thoughts on this. They have the Memphis Grizzlies minus 140 to beat the L.A. Lakers, the comeback on the Lakers is plus 120. I know there's been a lot of a you know circus around Ja Morant, but the Lakers are just, in my opinion, just not that good. Like, this is the end of LeBron, and I feel like almost just because it's LeBron and it's Anthony Davis that that series is that closely lined. Am I, am I far off? No, I think you're spot on, actually. Um, you know, I it would be tough to bet either one, but you know, I'm I'm probably taking the home team at, at plus money because, um, as you mentioned it, I mean, it's usually going to be John Moran against uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron. But, you know, the Lakers didn't look really good the other night um, when they – who they beat? I forget. Uh, they beat somebody in overtime uh, on their own floor when it was a one-and-done game. So, you know, I don't trust the Lakers on the road. Uh, I don't like uh, – the sort of, you know, cloud over John Morant and, and that whole thing. But I guess I would have to default to that position if I were going to bet that series. It just feels like that price at minus 140 is it just seems light just because it is LeBron. And I feel like a lot of people, when you think about NBA, you think about superstars and LeBron is probably the biggest superstar still going and people are going to lay money on LeBron they're going to lay money on the Lakers I mean it's a historic franchise no one really thinks about you know the Grizzlies especially if you see it's somewhat close and you can get some plus money there I see a lot of public taking the Lakers yeah absolutely um, I mean I guess the um, what does concern me a little bit you know I mean here you go the uh, the uh, the Grizzlies are, are favored in game one by three and a half points yet underdogs for the series well, one of those things is wrong. Pick which one. And I would have to pick uh, the series. 
So, so Dave, do you have any other like maybe postseason awards or or like uh, preseason or not? Sorry, not preseason. Uh, any other like uh, awards, whether it be you know the MVP or anything that sticks out to you in in the NBA? Yeah, I mean the time to bet those probably would have been months ago because if you look at some of the odds that are up there, like defensive player of the year or whatnot, I mean you're gonna find that. You know, somebody that was, uh, you know, even money six months ago is probably, you know, minus 400 right now for a very good reason. So, you know, is there value left anymore? Um, probably not. I, I don't think there is. I mean, you can't um, you can't go ahead and, and bet something at minus 900 right now when you could have had it a long time ago now. The NFL draft, you can do that, but you know we're not talking the NFL draft. Now the NBA is way too volatile to do that. Well, I'm glad you brought up the NFL draft because I know you kind of wanted to dip into that a little bit. And obviously, you can bet on almost anything. And with the NFL draft coming up, there's a ton of different props that you can get into. And I know, again, this kind of talks about laying chalk here, but if you look at an NFL draft prop for who the number one pick will be. They have Bryce Young currently minus 360 at DraftKings. Are you willing to lay that type of chalk, especially because now there's rumors coming out saying, hey, so-and-so really likes Young or so-and-so really likes uh, C.J. Stroud. Uh, and, and those picks, it's like if you know or have a good line on it, are you willing to lay that chalk? No. I mean, again, it's just – you know, I, I, the, the, what I would lay chalk on is, you know, if you're on Twitter or, you know, follow any of the feeds, you know, you have a few seconds where you know the pick before it's been announced. You know, um, you know whether it's, you know, whoever tweets it out, whether it's Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay or, you know, somebody calling in saying, you know, I, I heard uh, from, you know, Andy Reid himself that they're taking so-and-so. I mean, that happens all night long. So, you know, by that point, yeah, it's um, expensive, but it's not going to lose. So I, I do do some of those. I do a lot of player props. I think that's where you can you can make some good money because, I mean, again, you have to be paying attention to it. But there's a couple I like that we can get over on night one. Um, first round, uh, wide receivers taken over four and a half. You know, that's plus 250. Um, and I think there's four guys we know are going in the first round. Um, but that kid, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, um, he's sort of an early second. But some people have had him in uh, round one in multiple mock drafts I've seen. So that one at plus money. And this is one you almost never bet. But running backs over one and a half, uh, plus 400. I mean, you know, B. John Robinson's going early. Um, but if you want a running back, uh, there's not many uh, – as close to B. John Robinson as Jameer Gibbs from uh, Alabama. So I'm thinking, you know, people people kind of historically bet under one and a half on that prop. And I think this year they're going to be wrong. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, betting, you know, the two, a safety in the Super Bowl. Like everybody's going to bet that because it's like you know plus whatever, but it rarely comes in. So it's the same with. Both of these bets, wide receivers, you don't see that many, and running backs, people usually wait. I figure I can get a guy for 
that can run for three years in the third round. And you can. But I think Javier Gibbs is, may go late in the first round. So, but yeah, that's a couple I really like. Yeah, especially if you're getting plus 400 odds on that one, Dave, because we know that Robinson is going to go first round. There, there's no doubt in my mind that he goes first round, and then you're just hoping that Gibbs falls in there in the late first, which is, like you said, definitely a possibility. So if you're going to take those, you know, kind of calculate those odds, you already got one. You just got to find a way to get that second one. Yet right. getting plus 400, probably odds tilted in your favor there. Yeah, I think and the other thing to keep – uh, mind of is that you know he plays for Alabama. I mean, you know, almost always defer to the SEC. I'm sorry for the Big Ten listeners, but the SEC sees really good competition week after week for the most part in their own uh, in their own in their own conference. And you know, the coaches in the SEC are are all uh, you know NFL former NFL. I mean, that's like a a factory in the SEC. So if you ever got the chance to, to to pick between two guys, take the guy that's in the SEC. It's almost it's almost re, almost a religion anymore. I mean, and I could tell you that started for me when Stephon Gilmore came out of uh, South Carolina because my daughter was going to school there at the time, and I used to hear him. He was drafted by the Bills like relatively early. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I watched him get burned week after week. Well, who is he getting burned by? You know, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Julio Jones, you know. So, you know, he's played that level of competition, I guess that's why. So, you know, if you're ever going to bet on the draft, then you definitely uh, don't know what you want to do. Always defer to the SEC. Dave, you uh, make sure that you schedule and take a weekend off here sometime in football. I'm going to have to look ahead because I'm going to make sure we get box seats when the, the Badgers take on Iowa so you can get the front and center best best view for a six to three type big 10 game yeah that will be exciting i can't wait <laughs> just basically a rugby scrum up and down the field i mean to tell you i mean you don't know how wisconsin's offense is going to be this year they might they might up, up, upend the whole thing and become a become like mike leach's teams used to be hey they're they're going towards the air raid they uh we're yeah, predicting I mean, a, a three thousand yard passer here there's not many yeah, i mean Pick, pickle's not going to do anything differently than what he did at cincinnati so yeah all right dave well i think it's about time to uh get close to wrapping up this podcast so what are you going to go with for your two official baseball plays i have to make two uh tampa bay in the first five innings and uh I will take Washington. So Dave is going with his two official plays. He's going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays in the first five innings on the money line. And then he's going to, he's going to take the dog and go with the Washington nationals on the money line. Now, Dave, for mine, I'm going to go with two totals. You went with two, two uh, sides. I'm going to go with two totals. First one, our very first game, I'm going to go with the Arizona diamondbacks and the Miami Marlins over eight and a half. If you're listening to this, because we're going to put this out Thursday afternoon, I would make sure to bet this right now because I think it goes to nine. And then the second one, I'm actually going to roll with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals over eight and a half runs as well. So that is our uh, four official picks for our MLB slate. And that'll be again for April 14th. And it'll be a Friday. Yeah, I can't argue against either one of those. So. You know, good looking out. I I did peek my ears up when you said totals because 
There was a time you didn't even look at them. See, this is where you grow and this is where you learn and you get better. Each year you uh, take on at least one or two new things where you want to try and get better at. Well, totals are more beatable. So that's what we're going with. Just a quick recap. Dave's going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays in the first five innings. He's going to take the Washington Nationals on the money line. And then I'm going to go with the Arizona Diamondbacks and Miami Marlins over eight and a half and the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals over eight and a half. And that'll be it for our four picks for today's pod. Make sure you go and uh, download the podcast, wherever your podcasts are podcasted. You can also uh, find some of our podcasts on madcitysportszone.com. You want to follow Dave on Twitter. It's at Dave underscore Essler. You want to follow me on Twitter. It's at Rowdy underscore Razor. We'll be back again next week. But for now, let's continue to make some money. Let's go. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.